This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey, it's Jan here and good that you're listening to the Langpreneur podcast. Now, today's big question is... Who is going to be the guest on the podcast today? Well, I have an interview for you that I did with Gary from Easy Languages. And if you are interested in learning a foreign language yourself, you you might have stumbled upon one of their videos. Because if you go to YouTube, you just search search for learn Spanish, French or whatever language that you want to learn. There is a pretty high chance that one of their videos pops up. So, um, yeah, Easy Languages is basically a network of YouTube channels for language learners. And in their videos, they interview people on the streets and they really show you how the languages are spoken in real life. Now, all their videos come with a transcript in both English and in the target language. And, uh, yeah, this kind of, uh, you know, with their style, this kind of interview style, you really get an idea really get an insight into the culture of the country where the language is spoken and you really get an idea of you know the people who live in that country so it's actually much more than 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 just language learning it also um there's also a cultural aspect there so in this interview we're going to learn what made easy languages so successful on youtube and how they managed to build a global network of co-producers from many different countries and some call this concept a social franchise so in today's episode i'm going to share with you their story if you guys are ready then let's get started Hey, Kerry, welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself and how did you get involved in um, Easy Languages? From where did you get the idea? Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Um, I actually, yeah, it's, it's a whole long story because we started this more than 12 years ago and it was all by accident, basically. So we, I never planned to... I'm not a language teacher. I'm not even a super, I'm, I studied languages, but I'm not like, uh, I wasn't very much into the language learning community and I'm also not a YouTuber. And now a few years later, this is like the job that I do, which is a bit funny. And it started with in a school, basically in my hometown in Münster in Western Germany. And we had students or Janusz, my husband had students in a media workshop And they wanted to learn how to shoot videos. So as one of the tasks, they went out to the streets and asked people. And this was already planned as some kind of language experience. So he knew, I mean, Janusz learned German himself. He comes from Poland and he knew of two girls in Vietnam that were learning German. And he just wanted to create something funny that would kind of make them curious or excited about Germany. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to show how stiff German people are by just shouting hello at their faces in the streets. And indeed they on them. (laughs) They reacted in a very funny way. Yeah. And back then, um at some point YouTube came up and, you know, we had we already had a forum and um we did school exchange projects. Um we had after I finished my high school 
we had lots of, um, yeah, we actually founded an organization with teachers and other former students. We wanted to do exchange programs. Mm -hmm. And this all fit in. So we always worked with young people, with media. And at some point, Janusz discovered this new platform called YouTube. Yeah. And he just put the stuff on there, actually just as a means to show it to our partners, you know. Yeah. It was the first time that you could display videos in the browser directly, and yeah. it was just exciting. And, yeah, we never we never intended that yeah. these videos would, you know, go viral or be seen by the whole world. And yeah. it was kind of funny because then this happened. Yeah. What were and you doing? over the years, mm -hmm. we, we became... We turned this into a job. I see. So at the time, it was just uh, like a side project, or what were you? Did you have a full time job? Job back in the day? Or? Yeah, back in the day, I was a student. I was running this NGO um, part time, and we were all working there, doing basically yeah exchange programs for high school students. Yeah, cool. And then, so you created those first videos and then your husband came up with the idea to put them on YouTube. And then what yeah. happened? Like, did you get traction from the beginning or good response? Or like, when was the moment you thought, hey, this is actually, this is actually working? When did you upload your first video? Was this back in, was this like, like 10 years ago? Or? 2000. Yeah, yeah, 2006, I think. So whoa, that was like whoa, 14 really... years ago. Oh, <laughs> like ages. Yeah. So <laughs> but you... yeah, back then... Yeah. Um, I don't know, it took a while, it took a few years. We saw that people were watching it. It were, First, it were a few hundred. People replied to us, people came. We had a forum back then, people came to our forum. Suddenly, everything was more international. So we had partners in partner schools in Poland and in Namibia back then, and we just started to invite more and more people. We. We actually brought them all together in our NGO, so just for um, exchange, intercultural exchange purposes. Mm -hmm. And we still didn't think of like YouTube could be like uh, a job or a business opportunity at that time because yeah. we saw we saw it created some income, but it was very low. Yeah, and, and that was just income just, from from AdSense or. That was from AdSense, yeah. yeah. And yeah, at some point, I think the turning point came like in maybe about five years ago, YouTube contacted us. So they had some kind of partner program where yeah. they looked out for uh, for people who could, you know, who could do more. And especially, I think they were especially for people in the education mm -hmm. Um section because they wanted to promote education even more and they were looking for channels that had some potential in their eyes but weren't really taking mm. advantage of this potential and yeah. they invited us for a training and they told us you know look there is an opportunity to actually make a living from Whoa. doing youtube videos and at that time that was a complete surprise for me i Whoa. mean I just didn't know anything about this. That's really cool. So you were still working, um, you still had that job, and then you, you, you yeah. contacted you. And uh, yeah, now the big question, of course, is what, what do you learn in that training? Well, there were things that now, I mean, basically everyone learns how to create a successful channel is, I think the main things for us that we learned were produced regularly. Mm -hmm. I mean... Like have a weekly show instead of just, you know, what we did, we just put out stuff on YouTube whenever we <laughs> had a project that produced yeah. a video. 
And so we started to consider it as a as a weekly thing. And we also they also told us a few more things amongst others. Mm-hmm. There we should have had a host, something like that. Mm-hmm. So we basically had different people in front of the camera whenever someone wanted to be there. We did something. Yeah. And we understood that actually in order to gain a growing audience and mm. have people stay with us, we mm. needed something like yeah, like familiar a, faces in like front a of host. the camera. Yeah, yeah, a face, yeah. And it that face became me basically because we had no one else <laughs> back then. And it was funny because now Janusz is also in front of the camera. So for a longer time, it was just me in front of the camera and Janusz behind the camera. And then we occasionally invited some guest hosts. Mm-hmm. And that worked out quite well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now our team is bigger and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it has been a really fun journey. So like five years ago when YouTube contacted you, were you still only um, only doing this for German? Was this for Easy German? Or did you already have partners all around the world? Like you have these days yeah we started with german and we had some people working with us like doing internships and then they also did some videos in their languages so the first one to do this was uh, ben our partner from england he started to do this in england and then yeah we had no real strategy to take this international and at some point more and more people started to contact us and said like hey i want to do this too ah. and how can i do it and that's when we built this into into something like a social franchise yeah so where it was our intention to guide people to yeah to recreate or do the same that we did for german with other languages yeah so youtube told you to be more consistent to have like a host you have like characters that come back in the videos all the time well they're hosting this time um what what else and and did it help that you follow their advice and like did you see a big change in 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 your traffic yeah it helped a lot i mean we had it and we also see this now when building other channels it's as soon as you get a regular it's it basically helps to have people coming back at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And we understood that even the timing matters. Like if you, if people know that the new video will come at seven, mm-hmm. you will have people, I mean, you obviously have lots of people who will just watch them anytime later, but yeah. you have, you will start growing a bunch of dedicated fans who will come immediately. Who show up like when five the video to is seven. Out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they are very crucial basically to, to feed the algorithm in a way to mm. show you know uh, to show that this video is successful it's kind of crucial that you have a good number of people watching in the very beginning mm. and it's then i mean a lot of people talk about the algorithm and the bet and i mean the negative parts of it but it's you can also understand that basically youtube wants to see if the video is performing well and mm. if it's if it's attractive for people and you can very much see that in the first minutes or hours already like do people watch the full video do they comment do they like it Um, do they even click at the thumbnail so all this is important for yeah and the more people you have in the beginning the better uh, the chances that Mm. the video is also promoted on YouTube and we see that with people who can't stick to a certain rhythm or certain regularity that they have more difficulties 
gathering this first crucial group of supporters. Yeah. So what does uh, Easy Language's uh, publishing schedule look like these days? Do you have like one weekly video at like a fixed day, fixed time or how do you guys do it? It very much depends on the on the language and the commitment that our partners can make. So for Easy German, we actually have two dates a week. So okay. we publish two videos um, and other languages. I think most other languages have a weekly schedule and then there are some that are smaller teams and who do this just, you know, as a side project. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, we have a team for Easy Catalan. Mm. They committed to one video per month. So yeah. they are not growing that fast and they are aware of that but they just want to do this as a as a part-time project to promote the catalan language and that's yeah that's very nice as well yeah how many languages are you offering at the moment um good question like <laughs> i think we have produced in over 30 languages or maybe even 40 but the regular ones are currently i think we have 12 teams producing at a regular yeah level well now there's and many people listening to this podcast and you know they they might not be interested in teaching one language language but many of, of us are interested in teaching multiple languages what would you recommend do you have one youtube channel where you upload the videos for all the languages or should they build separate channels or can it just work with playlist within one channel how, how did you guys go about this yeah that's it's quite tricky because we built one channel at first mm -hmm. and then we started to split off Easy German after a long time. But we yeah, we have this main channel called Easy Languages mm -hmm. that already it yeah, I'm just checking it, it has eight hundred thousand subscribers now. Mm -hmm. But it still has it's not an ideal way basically on YouTube. It would be great if YouTube allowed to subscribe to playlists. Mm -hmm. So Currently, I mean, on this main channel, we publish, I think, five or six languages. And then we also have previews to the other channels. So ah. we have a new Easy Italian channel, for example. And what we do is we have a one-minute preview on the main channel. Yeah. And at the end of this preview, you see the link to the full video, which is a great way to get attention. Mm. But it's also, it's a little tricky because... The main channel obviously helps us to get attention to smaller languages at all in the beginning because if you would just start with zero subscribers, it's it's very hard to build something up. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it's difficult because people don't want to subscribe to a channel where you, they get all sorts of content. If you want to yeah. subscribe for Greek mm. and you're learning Greek, you don't want to get notifications about new videos in Korean and Polish and Catalan yeah. all the time. So it's tricky. Yeah, yeah you just told us, uh, you just explained how YouTube like checks or can see if a certain video is popular, right? If many people click on it in the first few hours, then it knows it's a popular video, it's a good video, and it's going to rank the video highest, higher in the listing. But, yeah, yeah if exactly. you upload a video for Greek and it's, you have a, a million subscribers and only 500 people are going to be interested in Greek, then obviously, um, yeah, that's not very good for your algorithm. So, yeah, well... And well, I think it's even it's even... It's even bad for the smaller languages because imagine that on this channel right now, most people subscribe for one of the bigger languages, mm -hmm. which is sort of natural. But then 
if they would see Greek in their timeline or Catalan, they mm -hmm. would see that because they are subscribed, but they won't click it, which means YouTube yeah. sees that, you know, people are not interested even though they subscribe to the channel. Yeah, yeah. And that would actually downrate um, or it, it would give it a negative... Uh, yeah, it's not good for the I algorithm. It, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. He thinks the video is not good and will therefore not promote it higher uh, yeah, to other users on, on YouTube. So what would you recommend here for people who just start out who have, you know, let's, who have courses for maybe 10 languages or want to create content for 10 languages? Do you think like the strategy that you're using now, that's probably a good way to go? So to have like one main channel where you upload all pieces of content, some trailers, and then just create separate yeah. channels. Maybe it also depends on like how many videos that you can create or not. Yeah, I, I would now recommend to start the smaller channels as soon as possible or yeah. start channels for all the different languages right away mm. because that's also what you want as a user. If you learn a language, I mean, very few people learn several languages at the same time. Mm -hmm. Most of them are into one or maybe two and then they want to see everything about that language. So mm -hmm. I think it makes sense to have separate channels but then try to do more collaborations and yeah try to if you have a channel like ours it obviously makes sense to do something with the teasers but mm -hmm. essentially you need to promote this yeah you need to have an own channel as soon as possible i yeah. would say great well you just talked about um about having a creating a social franchise because that's basically what easy languages is um tell yeah. us a little bit more how that works what is a social franchise and yeah how does it work so, I mean, basically the idea of a franchise is that you have a brand and then you have certain uh, rules and certain guidelines mm -hmm. to follow, like just like McDonald's as a brand and everyone can open a McDonald's theoretically as long as you produce the same burgers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ours, our brand is a little bit more flexible, but we try to stick to a certain type of branding that you can see in our logos that look alike we have uh, the same jingle on the videos not in every video but there is it's like a reoccurring theme mm -hmm. we have um, a certain color scheme yeah and we also try we were more flexible before with trying different formats but we have now come to the conclusion that it's useful to really focus on what easy languages is known for and this is mostly interviews in the streets or at least let's say authentic content so having native speakers talking in real life um, and that is our preferred type of content more than I don't know reading stories or making up dialogues or something like that yeah so you basically you create a system that people can then use if they want to if they want to work for you you provide all the tools all the templates yeah and then they just do the work and they put it in all those templates they use your your brand colors your logo and that's how you that's how you expand how do how can those people find you are these people your followers or like are you actively looking for people to work with yeah it's it's um mostly it's our followers so that's the that's the coolest thing like everyone who joined easy languages they were at first learning a language or they are still learning a language mm -hmm. um, and then they yeah they thought hey that would be nice to do this in my mother tongue too mm -hmm. and that's how they became part we we've once searched or we are actually still searching for a few people in specific because now 
we have some teams that are growing or who need a little bit more help. And so we also do that actively through social media that we would say like, hey, we need more help with, um, we, we are looking for a team or <clears throat> we are looking for uh, enlarging our team in mm-hmm. in Italy or in Spain. And then we would make a certain call. But yeah. basically everyone who wants to join us is welcome with whatever language they would like to do yeah what did they get in return is it do they just get like do, do you also pay them that's actually my question or they just want to volunteer they want to contribute to, to the brand or how does it work exactly yeah. yeah no absolutely i mean the idea is that they that we basically help them to build their own business mm. just as we did with ah. easy german so they pay a little fee basically or they pay a little a certain percentage to the network and they keep the main uh, part for themselves so ah. that they can grow their business. And this is basically the idea. So we provide training, we provide provide feedback. Also, you know, um, that has been a more, has, has become a more crucial part because we've seen that lots of people benefit also from this training and even this network. So we started only this no, last year, yeah. we started to have um, monthly hangouts for all the producers. We had a training in Cologne where we brought everyone together for a five days training. And we even um, built a real guideline, like an online guideline where you can look up everything and see good practice examples for whatever you want to start with. And essentially the idea is to train people who in some or in most cases had no prior experience to video production and we try to train them become video producers. That's really interesting. Are they the do they become the owner of the new channel that they start? We we stay the owner or okay. like the network yeah. owns all the channels. Yeah. But they have like their own it's basically they have have their own business, yeah, yeah. on the channel. Well, that's that's really interesting. Now Many of our listeners, they have a YouTube channel or maybe they want to start a new YouTube channel from scratch. Um, what are some of the tips that or what were some of the things that you would do if you that you, that you do if you start a new YouTube channel from scratch? Let's say you're going to start Easy Zwaili. I don't think it exists yet. Yeah. Um, what are some of the first steps that, that you take? What do you think are the most important things at the beginning for people who just want to start out on YouTube? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, first, I mean, do you mean in general a YouTube channel or something that we would yeah. create within the Easy yeah. Languages maybe we can start. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we can start with the things that you would do, like at Easy Languages, yeah. and then maybe we can make a transition to. Well, yeah, I mean, most of it is helpful for um, for other people too. So, I mean, first, what we would do is to make sure that people have the means to produce. Yeah. So, we actually start with... Um, asking people to produce uh, a test video and then we give feedback on technical issues, mostly give advice on the um, equipment too. Mm-hmm. And at some point, if we see, okay, this this works out well, then we start shooting first episodes or we have them um, start shooting episodes and but give very detailed feedback in the beginning to mm-hmm. make sure they have everything it needs to produce a good video because we have kind of learned that just the format itself is not a guarantee for success. I mean, mm-hmm. these kind of 
interviews in the streets, they work out well and they are very um, popular in some languages and they are also kind of unique because no other channel is doing that. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it works with everyone. So you need a few skills to to produce um, such things. So in our case, that would be helping them to, you know, find good answers, to get better at interviewing people, yeah. to edit the interviews well because you can have for example 10 interviews and you can edit them really well or you can edit them in a boring way and this could you just the editing style can uh, determine or can result and have very different results on YouTube yeah so yeah we try to make sure that they produce really good content and then as soon as possible become regular because in the beginning you'll have very little feedback and once you are able to commit to a regular production, which is tricky because you're starting with like zero money, yeah. probably you so will not earn anything with a new channel for a very long time. And that's where it gets tricky because you have to go regular in order to, to get a crucial number of followers, but yeah. you can't afford this in the beginning unless yeah. you have lots of money to support yourself. So. So, so the people yeah. who work on the channels, they get a revenue share of the uh, of the AdSense income. Exactly, yeah. But the main, what we also like, um, the main income we currently make is through um, Patreon ah, memberships. Okay. Yeah. So we basically um, we produce extra material for language mm -hmm. learning. So we have transcripts uh, we have additional videos we have exercises mm. for our videos and this is how um, most of the producers earn money or most of the teams earn money ah. okay interesting because with the revenue shares alone um, and that's maybe a very good good tip there like adsense alone is is not enough to to do this as a job because yeah. you basically need you need millions of views in order to um, have a team live from that. And if you are, um, even if you are a good, I mean, a YouTuber that is more or less successful, it it maybe is enough for having, you know, one person doing this full time. But yeah, yeah, it's very tricky because there are so many things to do as uh, one person alone. And you might not even enjoy it because it's, it's also a lot of stress if you are on your own. Mm -hmm. So how does it work exactly? Like in the end of each video, do you have like a call to action where you say if you want more materials, then you can support us on Patreon or how does that work? How do you make that transition from YouTube yeah. to your Patreon site? Yeah, basically that's uh, what we do. Like mm -hmm. in every video we have a call to action and also we have like videos that are only to explain like membership benefits Mm -hmm. And that also usually works well. We are, in general, I mean, on YouTube, you al obviously also have other chances to make income depending on what kind of content you produce. You can also do advertisement, mm -hmm. like uh, have advertisement deals with other companies. Yeah, We haven't done this so far because we somehow, yeah, somehow don't believe in it in a way that, I would advertise for a product that I personally like and mm -hmm. support, but I think also in order to live from that, you would have to, you know, do this with a lot of different products and in a way, yeah, I don't know, 
maybe I'm too <laughs> idealistic, but I yeah. I don't like to just I also don't like seeing people who advertise all sorts of different products that they obviously yeah. don't believe in themselves. So yeah, I'm exactly. I'm personally very careful with that on Easy German and it's also, you know, for our other brands we haven't had yeah, I think we are open for that, but it would have it needed to be a, uh, an advertisement partner that is really uh, fitting well with what we want to do as well. Mm -hmm. So it's another chance, obviously. You have a good, if you have a big channel, you'll get all sorts of um, offers mm -hmm. that you can follow or yeah. or not follow. Yeah. And we try to... Yeah, we try to focus everything on one thing, which also has an advantage because if you constantly have different calls to action on your channel, it's also, mm. it's less consistent. And it's more consistent if you just, you know, always talk about your membership and make sure that people know about it. Yeah. And yeah. So what, if, what is an example of a product or a Patreon package that people can buy? They can, for example, I think the most... Um, the most popular stuff is just uh, exercises. Mm -hmm. So most, like, we advise most of our producers to start with that as soon as they can mm -hmm. afford it. I mean, by time, because yeah. it takes time. Um, we have already, we already have transcripts because we do the, the subtitles for our episodes. All our episodes are subtitled in the native language and in English. And this is also where you can start with um, building vocabulary lists from these transcripts. You can also start with uh, creating exercises that are built around the expressions or the sentences that are used in this episode. So, yeah, this mm -hmm. is like um, a good way. And if you have a language learning channel, it makes sense to offer something like that, that people can learn more by you know, buying something extra. Yeah. Now, we might have some listeners who think, hey, this easy language thing is actually quite a cool thing. I want to be part of it. Um, you know, maybe you're looking for new languages. Like, what is what is realistic? Like, with what kind of mindset could, should people come to, to easy languages? Like, how does it, how long does it take to really, like, be able to make a living of this? Because you need to be patient, right? It takes time to build an audience. Maybe yeah, it also depends it takes on time. The, the country. I mean, like in, in cheaper countries, yeah. it could be easier to <laughs> to to um, to get to a point where you can easily pay yourself a salary, right? What's your what's your experience? What can people expect? Yeah, that's it's a good question because um, it depends on the language, obviously. So mm -hmm. it's easier to build a popular channel for French or for Spanish than for. Uh, Greek or Catalan just because there are less people learning these languages but yeah. it's still possible I think and we have um, a very dedicated um, team in Greece that is like putting a lot of effort into it and they are already making some money so I mean ideally I think from your background you should be in a position where you can still work to have some you mm. know other income yeah. but you know, if you're kind of if you're already a freelancer, for example, and can be kind of flexible, it's that would be an ideal situation where you can, or you are maybe a student and you have already lower expenses because you know you have your insurances and all these things that 
get expensive later covered mm -hmm. and you have a few extra hours, then it's like the ideal situation yeah. to start. And depending, it's really depending on how much time you put into it, essentially. Yeah. And I think everyone who started a business kind of knows this or has this experience yeah. the more you believe in it mm -hmm. the sooner it works out i think the mm -hmm. more you go for safety the less time you will put into your new business so that means it will also take more time yeah i think if you like if you have time and you go all in and you are also you know you also need to bring a certain talent obviously so you mm -hmm. need to um, it's not necessarily talent, but you need to Good be energy. really interested. Yeah, mm -hmm. you need to be interested in in all these aspects that matter, like language teaching, video production, and also have some sort of business sense. Mm -hmm. And if one of the of these things is like completely boring to you, it would make sense to like you know find a partner who is interested yeah. in the technical aspects. Because if you don't really like it at all, mm -hmm. you'll you will get bored or you will get excited at some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it can work within. I don't know. It's hard to name a time, but I would say in within one year you can already mm -hmm. earn some decent money with that if you. Yeah, if you're really into it. Obviously, if you keep producing like one video per month or two videos per month and you don't make put a lot of effort in increasing your regularity or increasing your the quality of your um, production, then it will take longer, yeah. Yeah, so Easy Languages is, is available in many languages. Do you always find that the most popular languages like French and Spanish, that these are the easiest channels to grow? Or you know, do you also, you know, realize sometimes that once you uh, create a YouTube channel for a language, there is not so much competition with that you can grow those, that those channels also have a lot of potential? Yeah, that's a good question because I don't know the, the markets <laughs> in every single language. But yeah. we have seen that some channels like French, for example, works, seems to work better without us putting the extra effort into it than Spanish, for example, which mm. I believe is due to the fact that, or I assume that there are less, um, that there's less material for people who learn French or less subtitle material, for example, while Spanish, the Spanish speaking world is really big and there's lots of contact. There are lots of resources probably. So it's maybe a little harder to be seen. Now, if you look back at the last five years of, of running of running easy languages, what are some of the main lessons that you have learned <laughs> of growing easy languages to the stage where it is today? Is it working with people? Is it like I don't know, is it learning about YouTube? Is it about running a business itself? Yeah, it's it's all of that basically. Oh. It's I mean, working with people is for me personally the most exciting thing because I'm not, yeah, I come from this this background that I I like doing things for the this aspect of intercultural exchange and I'm extremely excited to work with different people from different cultures, bring them together and also, you know, have this this project build a platform for people to meet and to come together and share similar similar vision and you know with our videos we do not just teach languages but also um, we create 
some kind of intercultural learning content. Mm. People can see what's going on in other countries, how people think and how they yeah. behave and react in the streets. So exactly. to me personally, this is the most exciting part of our project. But definitely what I've learned is I come, I, I came, I personally came from a more idealistic side. So I came from this NGO where basically we made money by applying for public grants and then doing projects. And yeah. then this whole YouTube thing brought me into a world where, where I had the opportunity to build my own business. And I think I realized that, you know, you have to have some kind of um, business skill in the long term in order to do this i mean even if you are idealistic and you're just passionate about the good sides of it mm -hmm. if you don't manage to build this into a sustainable business you can't you know you can't work on the change that you want to work on and you can't have the impact that you want to have so yeah i think maybe the main learning is that i i needed to understand the business side and i'm not finished with this learning and it's it's also exciting yeah well you've built easy languages um a great channel of watching myself many times uh, because indeed you do not only hear the language you also get the transcription which is very useful and then on top of that you see people interacting on the streets uh, you know you discuss, discuss certain topics uh, politics sometimes maybe uh, things that people I don't know like there's so many videos out there but I think yeah the human aspect is definitely um, a big benefit of, of your of your youtube channel so where is this all going youtube is very popular it's still becoming more popular youtube is still growing um recently you also started a podcast the easy german podcast um why why was why was that was that something that your users were asking for or yeah it's interesting because we have uh we have started to work on new things we've like two years ago we've started working on an app um, this year, or actually last year, three months ago, we started working on a podcast. And that's, it's basically not a conscious decision that I took, but it were people coming to us who were excited for this. So mm -hmm. um, Manuel, who is part of our team for a long time, but he has always been a little remote because he has been living in other places. So he came back from his world trip with this <laughs> idea or with this he always wanted to create a podcast and he was very passionate about creating one in this easy German mm -hmm. um, with the easy German community. And it was really surprising to us how well it was received. Um, I mean, we had a lot of fears in the beginning because we are known for producing videos with subtitles and a podcast doesn't have subtitles, oh, obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. It it has a transcript to read along, but we saw that a lot of people really, they like to watch the videos, but if you're learning a language, you obviously need lots of content yeah. and 10 minutes, a 10 minute video isn't enough. And yeah, yeah I can hear a language when they are, you know, doing all sorts of things that wouldn't allow them to watch a video. Mm -hmm. And I think what we try to do is we don't speak particularly slow. Mm -hmm. But we try to speak very um, clear in a very dis very clear, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we try to speak not too fast and not with too much slang. So if there's some sort of expressions or slang words that we use, we also explain them. Yeah. And I think this was 
we had a lot of fears in the beginning that we would be too fast or too slow, but lots of people were perfectly fine with that. And they told us that they were exactly looking for something that is in the B1, B2 segment. Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly a professional German podcast. I mean, with a, not professional, but with a complete, yeah. like you need to have an almost native level to understand yeah. them because they talk fast and with yeah. slang. But it's also not slow spoken German, which already exists in podcasts. So, yeah, apparently a lot of people were looking for that type of content. Cool. And that's why you created a podcast. How did you know that people were looking for something like that? Was that by serving your audience, um, your mailing list, or you just asked them directly on YouTube? How do you communicate with your followers? We actually didn't ask many people at all. We, <laughs> we did it <laughs> okay. somehow personally, but it was mainly... Um, Manuel being very excited and passionate about it mm. and we did some research of what is existing and we, I mean, we constantly heard it from some friends but we didn't do big research in within, oh we did okay, we had a few polls and surveys where we asked and we saw that people were interested but we were overwhelmed by how many of them there were because we thought, okay maybe it's like only 5% of our audience who are interested in this kind of niche thing, but mm -hmm. it appears to be much more. So like lots of people who are already watching our videos, I think mm -hmm. maybe or maybe 25% or more of our regular viewers are now listening to the podcast too, which was a real surprise to us. Yeah, well... We're almost getting to the end of this interview. Let's <laughs> end the interview with um, a few more tips for those who want to grow a YouTube channel. So what would you say? What are the most important things? You need to be good in front of the camera, interact with your audience, um, create something very useful, I think, which is what you are doing. You're showing the people, you're showing the country, having a transcript. You need to be consistent. Ideally, you have a clear schedule where you publish at a fixed day, the fixed time. Um, Anything to add to that? Anything else which is important, which you would advise people to yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, you basically already said that. But for us, obviously, this like being authentic is one of the key things. Mm -hmm. we, yeah. we like to, um, yeah, we like we like to show things that are real and show um, people as they are and as they talk. And I think in language learning. For me personally, this has been one of the biggest motivations because I've learned several languages in school and, you know, you can you can do courses or go to school and learn a language from, I don't know, back then it were CDs, I assume. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you yeah. heard, you listen to this perfect dialogues with like yeah, very clear exactly. speech and then you come to a country and it's not like how people talk. So, yeah. Um, I'm still surprised that there are a lot of people who are not doing what we do. I mean, I think it's partially because it's a lot of work. It's more yeah. work to go out into the streets. Yeah. Um, it's more work than standing at home in front of a screen yeah. or in front of a backdrop. But yeah. yeah, I would personally love to see more of that. I mean, <laughs> go out and talk to people. <laughs> yeah, because people, you know, like... If I imagine myself doing something like that, you know, like you have to go out there, you have to approach people on the street, you have to, I don't know, someone needs to come with you with the camera. It's just more scary, I guess. But it I is mean, very scary, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's where your value, your added value is, right? Because 
you managed to do all that and not just in Germany, also in other countries. So, well, that's a, that's a great thing there. We will all be watching Easy Languages. If people want to learn more about you and about Easy Languages, where can they go? Uh, they can come to our channel, which is youtube.com slash learnlanguages. And from there, you'll also see all the other channels on the site. Um, so on the right side of our channel, you can see all the languages, all the dedicated language channels that we have opened, which is like Easy German, Easy Spanish, Easy French, Italian, and Greek so far. Yeah, well, great. Yeah. Gary, thank you very much for this interview. Any last words for the listeners? Yeah. There's also a link on top of the channel that is called Become a Co-Producer. So in ah. case you are interested in uh, working with us, I mean, this could also work if you already have a language learning business and you would, you know, like to uh, produce videos as like an extra project where you could also, you know, um, promote your own work through that, but also help us to enlarge this network and this intercultural exchange we would be very excited and you could just click on the link become a co-producer on top of our channel and we are really excited even for like every every small language we would love to show the whole world in the streets great gary thank you very much <laughs> for making the time and uh, thanks for inviting me see you on easy languages Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website, langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.